There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. engine light on take the guesswork out of your check engine light with o'reilly veriscan it's free and provides a report with solutions based on over 650 million vehicle scans verified by ASC certified master technicians and if you need help we can recommend a shop for you ask for o'reilly veriscan today oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey guys, this is Spencer Newarth with Wired Hunt, and this is the fourth week of our mini-series Rut Radio. And it is November 8th, Election Day, so Mark and I are going to talk about politics for the next half hour. <laughs> no, I, I'm Perfect. Just, yeah, 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 I'm just kidding, but uh, Mark, I, I honestly don't know what state you're in right now. What, what's going on with you? Well, uh, it is a little bit of a change-up for me right now because Instead of me being recording this on my computer like usual with all the podcasts I do, I'm actually on a cell phone right now in my truck driving to Ohio. So, uh, yeah, changing changing up my scenery. I've been pounding it hard in Michigan, and it's finally time to check out a new spot. And so do we have a happy ending yet with Holyfield? Uh, no, no happy ending yet. Um I have been hunting my tail off for him. And um, in, in this week's episode of the Wired Hunt podcast, which will be out tomorrow, I go into excruciating detail <laughs> of everything I've been trying to do. And uh, it's just been frustrating because of limitations with, um, with my property. Um, the, the moral of the story is that I've seen him so, so many times, but he's always just a little bit out of reach and most of the time on the other side of the property line that I can't get to, obviously. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's been really cool hunting this buck and getting to know him and see him so often, but um, he has won this round, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's that's cool. November for you. It can be fun and it can be frustrating. Oh, yeah. it's uh, We were just talking about it. it can be the best of times and the worst of times. But uh, for you, you have, uh, you've had some success, right? Yeah, so uh, I'm an opportunity hunter, not just specifically an archery hunter. That's my passion, but if I can pick up a rifle tag now and then, I will. And uh, I was able to draw a pretty easy rifle tag for western South Dakota. Um, But it's a pretty tough hunt. There's a a lot of orange, and there isn't much public to go around. So I went in with it with uh, lowered expectations. Like, if I could tag a, a 130 or something like that, I'd be happy and and I was able to get a buck just around there, so I was really excited with how it went. And uh, it's a good way to start the rut for me. It uh, it makes things easier to come back home now and hunt archery. There, it feels like there's a little bit less pressure now uh, to to tag oh, out with my yeah. bow. That so. I love that feeling when you've got a tag filled and everything. After that's kind of just gravy. Uh, so so this 
right, this podcast is all about rut activity and reporting on what we're seeing. So can we maybe get our first rut report from you? What have you been seeing in South Dakota on that hunt or otherwise? Yeah, well, I'll start with the rifle hunt. And, uh, you know, when when you get a rifle season opening like that with heavily pressured public land, uh, the rut can basically just go right out the window um, because suddenly the deer aren't acting like deer anymore. Uh, they're acting like deer that are being chased by a group of humans. So it, it's way different. <laughs> um, but the first morning uh, was when I shot this buck, and it was a tough morning. Um, I, I hadn't seen much, and it was actually when I was on my way back to the truck. I spotted this buck in a draw, and it was like 10 a.m., and he was up and, and kind of moving about, and he saw me about when I saw him, and he allowed me to get in position. I was at like 90 yards, and he didn't move much. He didn't flee or anything like that, and I, I dropped him in one shot. And so because of uh, because of how he was acting, you know, there was definitely something else on his mind. He, he wasn't too concerned yeah. about what I was doing or, or getting out of that area. So. Nice. Other than so no, that, no, ch- no chasing or anything like that on that hunt, just probably because of all the hunting pressure, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think the rut kind of goes out the window in in that case. But I have been back home archery hunting now. As far as the deer activity goes, like the younger bucks are moving so much. Um, you know, I, I see as much movement, get as much activity on my trail cameras with those one and a half and two and a half year old bucks in the morning and evenings as I do at midday, and so they are definitely out and about. Now I'm just hoping their excessive movement will translate to the bigger bucks starting to move a little more now for me in, in daylight. Well, that's the hope. This is the time of year it could happen. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's going to happen, it'll be now. Yeah. I, I've been actually seeing, you know, like we talked about last week um, and really the last two weeks, I've been seeing really good running activity in Michigan compared to what I usually do on this farm. And I don't know if that's just a product of, changes with my deer the last seven days i've seen holyfield i think three times and each one of those times i've seen him chasing does um i've seen another two bucks that i believe are three and a half years old and both of them i've seen them several different times a couple different times i've seen them on their own just cruising um at three o'clock in the afternoon at 10 o'clock in the morning uh at four o'clock in the afternoon and then I've also seen both of them chasing does, too. So they're definitely getting after it. Um, tons of dinks, you know, year and a half old, running all over the place, too, all, all times of the day as well. So, I mean, as far as running activity by me, yeah, that's about as good as it gets in this part of Michigan, at least on the properties I hunt. Um, been been seeing a lot. And just, I usually don't see three-and-a-half-year-olds running around like this. Um, so... It's what I've it's what I've wanted to see. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, so two days ago I was hanging a new stand, kind of running down set, trying to get on Holyfield. And while I'm putting my sticks in the tree, trying to climb up there, here comes Frazier, this three and a half girl that I've been watching for a while now, starts walking right towards me. He heard me like rustling, and he heard a noise and was interested in what it was. And he walked to within about ten yards of me while I'm standing on the ground, just frozen until he kind of figured out there was something not quite right about the situation. So uh, they're frisky, they're curious, they're looking for they're looking for love right now, but unfortunately for him in all the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, and how does that translate to Ohio for you? What are your expectations going there? What kind of tactics are you going to use? You know, that's going to be the big question. 
big question mark right now is what will be going down in Ohio. What, what I've always historically seen in the five or six years I've been hunting down here has always been that the activity seems to be better a little bit later down here for us compared to up home. And I, I've kind of hypothesized that that's just because I'm hunting in the far southern part of Ohio. So it's usually like 10 degrees warmer down there than it is compared to my home in Michigan. So there's just a better chance in the second week or third week of November of getting some cooler weather um, than not. So when I get those cooler temperatures, that just seems to always kick the daylight activity up a notch or two. So a cold front is actually hitting today and tonight, and the temps will be like 13 degrees cooler than they were yesterday when I'm out there tomorrow. So I'm hoping that means there's going to be some good activity. Um, I've got a wireless trail camera down there that showed a really nice big buck on the property in the middle of the day, 1.30 in the afternoon on camera um, a couple days ago. So they're definitely starting to move more. And, um, you know, it's one of those areas that doesn't have a ton of deer. It's not a very high deer population. So I know I'm not going to see a lot of deer, but um, usually because it's kind of a travel corridor through there, you just have to be there when the right one cruises through. Um, so that's my plan. I'm just going to set up in a travel corridor where they're going to be funneling between two big areas of timber where there's going to be does bedded. And I'm just going to hunt all day in these kind of pinch points for as long as I possibly can, as many days as I can. And it's just kind of a grind. Um, there's no fancy, no fancy tactics. You just kind of grind it out. While I will say in Michigan, what I found the most success with was focusing on doe bedding areas. When I, whenever I was tight to a doe bedding area, that was when I was seeing these deer in daylight. There weren't so much traveling in different places. It was all really tight to the best two bedding areas I have in the area. Yeah, well, uh, I think this is as good as it gets right now. And if our conversations are, are any implication of what's going on right now, my contacts were really hard to get a hold of this week because they were all sitting in the woods all day. <laughs> That's a tough problem to have, but I guess it's a good problem to have because it means uh, we're out there doing what we love. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start with Ben Harshine in Iowa with Hunter Mapping. And then we have Mike Hunsucker in Wyoming with Heartland Bowhunter. Then we go to New Hampshire and talk to Tim Beeble from the fourpointer.com. And then we end with Haynes Shelton in Kansas and North American Whitetail TV. Excellent. Well, should we uh, should we get right to it and stop our rambling? Yeah, we better. You uh, you enjoy your drive, Mark. All right. Thanks. Good luck hunting. You too. Bye. But quickly, before we get to our first update, as all Wired to Hunt podcasts are, this episode is brought to you by Sitka Gear. If you'd like to learn more on Sitka Gear's technical hunting apparel, you can visit sitkagear.com. And now, on to the show. All right, and joining us on the line first is Ben Harshine, the founder of Huntera Mapping. Now, Ben, in Iowa, what would you say the buck activity has been there on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, Boy, I'd probably put it at, I would say... uh, a seven or an eight, uh, in the mornings over the past, um, five days to the past week, uh, pre, you know, really good pre rut action leading into some classic hard or rut chasing. Um, mornings definitely seem to be significantly better for movement. Um, like here in the Midwest, we're dealing with um, midday highs in probably the, the, the mid to high sixties, low seventies. Uh, but the, the lows, uh, in the mornings at first light are 
in the low 40s to, to mid 40s, and that seems to really um, get, get them pretty fired up. So my mornings have been super hot as far as deer movement, and seeing four, five, six bucks uh, every morning between first light and um, I'd say nine, nine to ten o'clock. Uh, these past couple sits recently have been seeing more mature bucks on their feet. Um, seemed like earlier last week, uh, a lot of my sits were, I was seeing a lot of, a lot of cruising, but you know, uh, two year olds, uh, some three year olds. Um, and then these past handful of days started to see some, some deer that I haven't recognized, uh, but definitely four year old plus deer that are, that are up on their feet. And, and some of them have been really, uh, actively pursuing those. Sure. And so a seven or eight in the morning, what do you think about that evening movement and that midday movement? Uh, you know, that we're pretty concerned about during the rut like this. Yeah, I've seen, um, I've been sitting just at three times now, um, three all day sits and the midday, um, I believe on two of them, I saw, uh, a couple three-year-olds either come scooting through. I saw one on Sunday with a doe. Uh, she, she was, and he was tending her. I mean, she, they were actively, uh, breeding. I mean, she brought, uh, basically brought him up to a pretty secluded ditch and, and, um, he tended her right there. So there, they are definitely starting to, to, uh, connect with does more and more, um, midday, it, I think it's kind of hit or miss. And then the evening when the sun starts dropping and it starts getting cool a little bit, uh, and seeing some, some decent movement, but really nothing like the cruising that I've been seeing in the, in the mornings. So, and Ben, I saw on Facebook a couple of days ago, you asked a really compelling question. Um, and it was basically asking, uh, come this time of year, peak rut, how important is a mature bucks bedding? Um, you know, when he's out chasing and basically looking for hot does. And I saw you got like 70 plus comments on that. What did you learn from, from that status, Ben? And is there a consensus answer to that question? Well, there was a lot of opinions on it. Um, I do think it's uh, one thing to point out is that it's a matter of that specific animal. Um, you know, what he chooses to do is not exactly the same thing as what the next six and a half year old white tail is going to choose to do. Um, he got this far in life. I believe that he's probably going to start to stick to the, the, the situations that he's put himself in and the locations he's put himself in to get this far in his life. So, um, whether he's betting there year round, I'm not sure whether he's betting there, um, right now, possibly it's probably an area of security for him. What happens whenever that first doe that comes through that he, he catches wind of, will he, get with her and bring her back to that area or go off where she wants to take him. I'm not, I'm really not quite sure, but it's just really interesting to think about that kind of stuff. And I've got a lot, a lot of phenomenal uh, answers from some big buck killers uh, and their, their take on, on it. So pretty cool topic though. Yeah. And what I kind of gathered was that, you know, each buck is unique, but overall, a lot of them, they got that big uh, for a reason. And that, and that's kind of, you know, staying safe and, and keeping in the area they're familiar with. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. What about going forward, Ben, in this next week or so, what do you think the rut activity is going to be there on a scale of one to 10? 
I think it's going to continue to to be solid. Um, and and uh, you know, it, it's we're getting to the point on in the bell curve where we're really creeping into some time when a, a lot of more and more does are going to be coming into estrus. So the availability and the supply is going to be significantly greater than it was, say, right now or even a week ago. Um, but that doesn't mean that all of the bucks are getting on does at the same time and the woods are going to completely go silent. Um, there's does on bucks right now that will be on does for the next 24 to 36 hours that will then again have to go find another one. And there's doe, there's bucks currently right now that are looking for them. That's going to be the case the whole way through the rut. You just have to be there for whenever that right one comes through, whether he's with a doe or not. Absolutely. Well, for your sake, I hope those big bucks stick around to, to what they're familiar with and, and you get a shot at them. So thanks for your time, Ben. I appreciate the call. Hey, thanks a lot, Spencer. All right. And joining us on the line next is Mike Hunsucker, host of Heartland Bowhunter. Now, Mike, in northeastern Wyoming, what would you say the buck activity has been there on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, you know, uh, this part of the state is is quite a bit different than anywhere um, in, in the Midwest. There's just a ton of ton of deer, really high numbers. And so, um, you know, the buck activity is always pretty good. I mean, depending on the time of the year, but I mean, anywhere from, you know, early season through October, you know, it seems like, you know, they're, they're, they're moving, they're, they're doing, you know, they're doing their thing. So, um, I would say right now, you know, we're seeing deer, we're seeing bucks and, and they're moving in daylight as, as far as the ruts concerned. Um, you know, I would probably say it's about a seven, seven, six or seven, you know, I, we're, from what we've seen, you know, we've only hunted for two days. Um, but uh, we're seeing some seeking, you know, some bucks, you know, bumping does around and uh, making scrapes and, and that type of stuff. But nothing, I haven't seen any situation where uh, I've, I've seen a doe that's for sure hot and for sure in heat and that, that bucks are kind of fighting over. So, Sure. And would you say that your morning sits are better right now or your evenings? Um, the evening sits have actually been better um, the, the, the past couple of days. Uh, this morning we hunted this morning and it was just really, really slow. Um, but usually like, I don't know when in, in the Midwest and Missouri and stuff, I mean, I love morning this time of year just because it's, you know, the, the, the weather's a lot cooler, but, um, it's just been so unseasonably warm across the whole Midwest. And even out here in Wyoming, it was 60 degrees today, which is unheard of. So, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those, one of those things, you know, you gotta, we, we gotta deal with what we're, what we're doing and, and the weather is, you know, I mean, they're still rutting. The rut's the rut's going to happen no matter what. It's just you know, when the when the temperatures get up into the 60s, it just really subdues the daylight activity. Absolutely. And, and what kind of areas are you guys focusing in on right now? Are you near their bedding? Are you looking for water or food? Or what are you doing there in Wyoming? We're actually out here. It's super super dry, so we're uh, we're kind of concentrating on some some water areas, and that may be why our our morning hunt was so slow because we went to this <laughs> we went to this spot that's a uh, usually is a nice nice water hole but it's been so dry that literally there was no water in it so we were sitting over a water hole with no water this morning uh, but uh um yeah water is kind of the limited resource out here at the moment so um we're kind of keen on water and, and, and the water sources typically are kind of you know in transition areas between bed and food sure and so you, you talked about sign a little bit earlier with some scrapes and uh the scrapes and rubs in your area are, are they hitting them in daylight yet or or not yeah, I mean, there's rubs all over the place, you know, and, and they, you know, they start making rubs a lot of times right out of velvet, and so it's kind of hard to tell. But 
um, a lot of rubs and a lot of scrapes. And actually, we had a hunt tonight and had uh, had two nice bucks come in. Um, unfortunately, we, we the one we were wanting to shoot was a big nine for sure, mature deer. It's like six plus. Um, he came out plenty of daylight and he kind of fed off to our our uh, south and then he um, didn't come back until like last last light and um, there was another he was with another nice buck and he kind of bumped him pushed him out of the way and we, I passed him up um, I wasn't sure if he was three or four he was he was real nice but he was looked like he might have been a younger deer and then he finally made his way in within bow range about 35 yards but it was just too dark for for film for footage so he got the pass tonight, but um, he, after after we passed him up, he went down the draw and uh, bumped a few does around, and we, he was down there thrashing, making a rub, and making some scrapes down there. So um, they're definitely still hitting them, and, and um, you know, usually this is one of my favorite favorite weeks out of the whole year to hunt, but it seems to me, uh, just from what I've seen, it's like not not quite there yet. So, Sharon, so with that said, going forward, do you think it's going to get better? Like, what do you think on a scale of 1 to 10 the buck activity will be in this coming week? You know, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be better based on the weather conditions. Um, obviously, you know, the next over the course of the next week, I think is is going to be it should be better than better than anything that that's happened yet this year. I would I would imagine. Um, you know, obviously the rut is it's so. It, you know, you talk to somebody and they're like, "Oh, it's on, it's on, it's going crazy here," and it's, you know, it's all situational. It depends on where you're at and then the location and and the, the spot you are. I mean, I've been. You know, had had hunts in November when the, everything was perfect. You know, pressures through the roof, conditions. You know, temperatures are low, and you don't see any deer. Just like you know, there's bad luck. You happen to be in the wrong spot at the wrong, at the wrong time. So, um, I do think it'll get better, though. I really do. And out here, you know, it's, it's different too. You know, it's not like hunting in Kansas or Western Kansas, where the the numbers are super low and the the rut, the competition is through the roof. You know, um, there's just literally more deer per square mile than anybody anywhere else I've ever hunted out here. So there's so many does and there's, you know, there, there's a ton of bucks too, but there's, you know, a limited amount of mature bucks and they kind of run things. And so, you know, it's almost like they don't really have to compete that much to find a doe and heat. Yeah. Well, I know either way you guys are going to lay down some sick footage and uh, stuff. I can't wait to see on, on next season of Harlan bow hunter. So thanks for your time, Mike. Yeah. Hey, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the next few days. All right, and joining us on the phone next is Tim Beeble of the fourpointer.com. Now, Tim, in New Hampshire, what would you say the buck activity has been there on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'm going to give it a 7 right now, definitely up from last time we spoke. Um, I've seen more buck activity this year than I've seen in, in many years uh, past. Uh, very active scrape line I've been seeing. Uh, seemed like every time I got out there to to hunt again there was a fresh grape or two on the ground and and uh definitely exciting rubs too so very active out there um so yeah i'd give it a seven and can you think of a reason why you would say it's uh been better movement this time of year than in years past i can i've been racking my brain to figure out what it is i i think maybe i've just got a buck in there this year in this particular property that's a little bit more active or more dominant than than there has been in years past and um, that's, you know, that's the only thing I can think of at this point. Um, but otherwise I've been, I've been trying to figure it out myself. Sure. And, and so you're saying you're seeing a lot of scrapes right now. Do you think that's typical for this time of year two there or not? Yeah, definitely. This is usually when we see them, uh, first part of November for sure. And, uh, 
you know, we're out of the woods in Vermont. I like to hunt in there too. We're not usually in Vermont this time of year because there's no seasons open, but that season opens Saturday. And typically uh, when the rifle season opens Saturday, typically when I get out there for opening day on, on Saturday, I see scrapes that are a week old or so. So, you know, usually it's the first week or two in November when we see these scrapes. And what about with the does that you've been seeing? Have you noticed them acting any differently? Or No, I wouldn't say that. I've I, uh, been looking for it, but I haven't seen it. Um, I mean, deer sightings, my deer sightings have been pretty low as it is. Um, just hunting big woods, you just don't see a lot of deer. But uh, the ones I have seen haven't really been acting any different than, than what I would expect this type of year. Sure, and the, and the deer are you, see, you are seeing, would you say uh, they're from more of morning sits or evening sits? Uh, evening for me um you know the last week i tried to sneak out a little bit before work um got out for an hour or two each morning but uh so i haven't been able to put in a lot of time in the mornings um so most of my longer sits have been in the evenings and that's when i'm definitely seeing deer um they just seem to be on their feet just an hour before dark or so working their way out of the bedding areas and, and back up you know to oaks uh that are loaded with acorns and and uh just on the feet to go feed. Sure. And so what sort of an area have you found this big buck in? I know you told me you have a, a bigger buck, maybe like five and a half years old that you've been targeting. Uh, what's the area yeah. like that you've had encounters with him in? Yeah, he's a pretty cool looking buck. Um, I just got him on camera last week. Uh, honestly, I didn't, didn't know he was still in the area. I have him on camera um, three years ago. Uh, I believe as a two and a half year old, he's got a, he's got a messed up, right side his right pedicle is is kind of bent off to the side so his right antler grows funny so he's pretty recognizable but um this is uh you know he's he's following uh roots along the top of a, a probably a mile long ridge um he's just cutting across it and from what i can tell he's of course doing it in the middle of the night when i'm not there but um he's coming up to from his bedding area which i think is down in the valley a deep valley and up on a hillside uh, across a swamp on the other side, pretty hard to get to, but it's a mixture of hardwoods and pines. And uh, he's following the edges of these oaks where they meet up with uh, thick pine stands. And then uh, as he goes down over, over the ridge to back to his bedding area, he's just following these slight rises in, uh, you know, in the hardwoods where he can see uh, both directions as he heads back down the hill and, pretty neat to find that buck sign there. I mean, it's right where you'd expect to see it, but oftentimes you just don't know you're, you're standing in that spot till you, till you're there. Um, you know, 20 yards to the right or left, you wouldn't know any different. Uh, but once you're there, you realize why a buck's traveling where he's traveling. He can just see, uh, he's got good visuals, um, and he can use the wind in the evening and in the mornings to, to travel back and forth. But so far I just haven't been able to catch up with him, but hoping that changes tomorrow. <laughs> Sure, and what about going forward in the next week or so? What do you think the buck activity is going to be then on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'm going to keep it pretty high. I mean, 7 or 8, I would think. Uh, definitely hearing, you know, stories of people seeing bucks chasing now, um, you know, and, and I'm hoping that's the way that this guy's going to mess up. I think he's just got to make a mistake, and and I think for the most part, it just comes down to me being there, you know, just having the time to actually be there and wait him out to make that mistake. and chase a doe through the area and i i just think he's he's old and smart and that's probably the only way he's going to get get killed so yeah but I, i'd keep it pretty high seven or an eight for sure 
Well, that's exciting to hear, and I, I hope that it all comes together for you, Tim. Thanks for your time. Yeah, appreciate it very much. Talk to you soon. And joining us on the line next is Haynes Shelton, associate editor of North American Whitetail. Now, Haynes has been doing some filming in Kansas, and Haynes, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say the buck activity has been there in the last week or so? Hi, Spencer. How's it going, man? Um, well, i tell you, we came into uh, – kansas on november 3rd uh first afternoon sit saw a big uh 160 inch tank of a buck out there tending two does and uh had a 140 inch buck come in right after him and uh we thought it was on fire you know uh the next day had another shooter come in um dogging two does and you know things were looking really hot you know, if you'd asked me after our first two days here, I would have told you, man, eight or a nine. You know, we had, uh, we've been using a doe decoy and a buck decoy, switching them out, you know, day by day. And it's had a tremendous response to both. Uh, at the start of our hunt, I had, uh, three bucks right at one thirty, young deer, three-year-olds. Uh, come right into both the buck and a doe decoy. I had bucks blowing up on it. I didn't have any knock them over, uh, but I had them, you know how they get all gristled back, uh, hair stands up, they lay those ears back. I had them circling the buck, and I had uh, bucks coming in looking like they were going to breed my doe decoy. I mean, just sniffing the bud on that thing, looking like they're getting ready to hop on it and mount. And, uh, ever since then, the past three days have been really slow. You know, you know, if I had to give you a one to 10 today, I might tell you a four or a five, you know, it's almost, uh, it's almost varying day by day so much that it's hard to say, man. Yeah. Well, that sounds like the rut. Um, and with that decoying, let's go into a little more on what techniques you've been using there. Have you been using any sense or calling and what type of an area are you setting those decoys up in? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's pretty wide open uh, here in the part of Kansas I'm at. We're hunting uh, two big ag fields, Milo and a cornfield that are split apart by this slough. We call it a plum thicket, and it's, uh, you know, it's a great travel corridor slash bedding area combo. And, you know, we hunt right on the edge of that thing, and the bucks and does can pile out. It's almost like a windbreak, too. They can pile out from there into these ag fields, and that's where we're setting up our decoy. And like I said, basically, I've got a, a flambeau boss buck decoy. It looks like a great big mature buck. You take the horns off, it looks like a big, like a nanny doe. And, uh, you know, I've been trying both. And, you know, when it's the doe, I, I, I got a piece of white uh, fabric that I cut out. It looks like a tail. And I'll put that thing on there, and I might apply some, you know, estrus scent to it. And that's where I've had my bucks coming in and checking that and, you know, scent checking or smelling around. So, you know, it's it's awesome when you use the decoy and it's working. It's some of the most fun hunting you can do, you know, to see those great big bucks or those, you know, young bucks or or whatever coming in to check it out. It's just, it's a rush, man. Yeah, and what about for your sits on uh, morning versus evening? Are you seeing more activity on, on one or the other? Uh, it's variable. You know, seeing good deer movement on both. 
Um, but the mornings is where I'm getting, you know, that good rut activity that I saw the first two days. That was both mornings were, uh, were really on fire. You know, the evenings are more, more travel. You know, if I can catch them traveling, we've had them come in and react, but I'd say mornings, if I had to lean one way or another, probably mornings a little hotter right now. Yeah. And what about going forward? Uh, what do you think the buck activity is going to be then on a scale of one to 10 in this next week or so? Well, you know, I'm in a good part of Kansas um, during the darn right time of year. You know, it could I could go in in the morning and it's full throttle. You know, it could be a 10. You know, we got a big cold front coming in tonight. There's a frost advisory for the morning. It's going to hang around 34 to 36 degrees. I think it'll have them revved up. But, you know, they got a rut. They're going to do it. They only get one chance a year. Yeah, I'd say in the next week it could be an eight or nine, man. Yeah, well, I I hope the timing works out for you there. Thanks for your time, Haynes. I appreciate the call. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Spencer. And that concludes this week's episode of Wired to Hunt's Rut Radio. Make sure to follow Wired to Hunt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Spencer Newharth. Thanks for listening, and I hope you're having an awesome November. Hey, if you guys like to cook outdoors and you ought to, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle. So this is a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge, reaching all the way up to 500 degrees. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.